I'd like to thank everyone tuning for another episode of Jersey 22. It's been a while, but uh, we're still here. We're still kicking it. Everyone's still alive and healthy, which is good. Uh, I have a special guest with me, a very longtime friend. I knew this guy since since I started high school. Very close friend of mine. He's he's a family friend. You know, I got my boy Diego. Diego, say hi, say what's up to everyone. Greetings and salutations, fellow Spotifyers. How are you? How's everybody doing? <laughs> this guy's a character. I love this kid. He's funny. Uh, I brought Diego on the show because uh, we have the subject of uh, hip hop, you know, lyricism in in the music industry. Um, to me, I feel like music is very is a very powerful tool, especially amongst young people. Um, you can tell that music has a lot of influence on the culture that we have here in America and all over the all over the world, especially too, you know, internationally. But uh, hip hop, I felt like a lot of people I knew gravitated towards that genre of music. Um, because of a lot of the messages and the well-spokenness that the the artist will try to portray for his audience, you know. Um, Diego, guess that. Where were you born and raised at? Uh, born and raised in, well, I was born in Plainfield, but uh, I moved to North Plainfield when I was uh, probably two or three. Yeah, similar story to me, man. Yeah. So, and both your parents are Ecuadorian, right? Yeah, both my parents are from Ecuador, the motherland. Nice. According Absolutely. to them, <laughs> of course, man. I I grew up I grew up with with both Ecuadorians and in, in North Plainfield High, man. And I feel like every time I hang out with a whole bunch of Ecuadorians, I feel like I'm part of the group. You know, they always tell me, man, you're like, yo, this guy don't have to be Ecuadorian. He's always been one of us because that's all I knew. Like some of my closest friends, you know, you, Walter, you know, my friend Louis. Yeah. You know, there's there's a lot a lot of like. A handful of names I can't even name right now. <laughs> well, North just... Plainfield. Well, sorry. Um, well, North Plainfield is Little Bato. <laughs> yeah, that's what I feel like too, man. It's just you have friends from Bato, friends from Quito, like just just all over Ecuador, man. It's 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 cool, man. Um, have you ever been there? Yeah, yeah. I've been. Uh, I went. Uh, I have been going there when I was a little kid. My mom said that I started traveling when I was like around three or four. So. Um, every year during the summertime, I would always go there. So, uh, visit family, uh, visit family. I would meet new people there as well, too. The language barrier was kind of iffy right there. Cause you know, my first language was English and now, um, you know, uh, adapting with Spanish a little bit more as time progressed, you know, took some Spanish back in high school, uh, wasn't the best of it, but you know what? I, I make it to where I make people understand me or if I could get my message across. So Absolutely. even if I got a hit with that Spanglish, like, you know, at least they understand. They understood. Yeah, that was the most important thing, too. Um, just like Diego, uh, English is my first language, Spanish is my second. So um, my Spanish is broken. <laughs> I still think it's broken to this day. But Same man. What's, Same important, what, what's, imp- what's important to me is that I'm able to get my message across and people are able to understand what I'm trying to say. When people tell me how good my Spanish is, I always hit them with that same question. You can draw me in the middle of Mexico, I'll survive. And they'll be like, okay, he's good, he's good. I'm not, and I, I'm not even Mexican. You can drop Diego in the middle of Mexico, he'll survive. Like I'll, blend in. Spanish is, uh, I'll blend yeah, in. I'll blend in. I'll blend in perfectly. Oh, they'll just be like, oh, no, he's not Ecuadorian. He's Mexican. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, let's, 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 let's get into it, man. Like, um, what, started, what started with your love of hip-hop? Like, how did your whole music genre or the taste of it go from one genre to hip-hop? Like, how, how did it start? You know what? Um, believe it or not, as every kid growing up, it started off with Barney. Well, we're talking about early 90s. So uh, it started off with Barney sing-along songs. And then after that, like <laughs> the Power Rangers. Um, oh, man. Yeah, the theme songs. It, it, it was some rock. I remember that. Yeah. And then um, and then after that, like, uh, <laughs> I progressed. It was mostly, like, you know, pop. And then um, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, same how, here. And I don't know how old. I don't know how your uh, listeners would feel about that, but they had the Euro dance back in the day. Um, I don't know. Uh, the Euro dance was uh, basically kind of like uh, EDM with a little bit of like rapping, but okay. La Bouche, uh, who else? Uh, oh, that song, What is Love, Baby Don't Hurt Me No More. Uh, you would probably see in the Roxbury Boys uh, movie. Like that's yeah, I remember that. I remember that. So I, I, I used to that. listen to that when I was little. And then um what I when I fell in love with hip hop, believe it or not, and I don't want to sound like I don't want to be disrespectful or anything like that, but I guess uh 
the first song was probably uh, Changes by Tupac. And this okay. was back in 98. Um, I know it sounds a little bit cliche, but once I got into once I got into Tupac, then everything else started uh, unfolding. Yeah, it, it was kind of like a little snowball effect. So yeah, I was exposed to MTV. I was exposed to VH1. I was exposed at the time they had the box. Um, yeah, so, I think I remember that vaguely. Yeah, so That's such a long time ago. Yeah, so uh, from that, it, it kind of exploded. Like it kind of like exploded my uh, musical, I guess, uh, taste per se. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, of course, you know, growing up in a very uh, Hispanic uh, or Latino um, household, household, you, you would yeah. always hear, yeah, you would always listen to some salsa, bachata, merengue. Absolutely. Um, uh, reggaeton wasn't absolutely. Blo- uh, reggaeton wasn't blowing up back then. I think it was still underground. They were calling it playeros at the time. Um, what else? They had, uh, they had, uh, uh, they called it merengue hip hop, but I was like, uh, they called it house. Well, Latin house, so it would be like Sandy Papo. Uh, who else was that? That group, that group, Magic Juan, and all them. So I would listen to them too. Yeah, so just, just a little bit of everything, pretty much. Yeah, a little bit of that, everything. Just, yeah, my mine was. I think what got me into hip hop was I think Lincoln Park. But the funny thing about Lincoln Park was they were like a hybrid genre. It was like rock and hip hop in, in yeah. one. And to me, I find it very fascinating how uh, Chester Bangington and Mike Shinoda was able to to write these lyrics and portray them out into the world. But when I first listened to Lincoln Park, um, I it kind of opened up the the doorway for me to listen to two different genres. You have the rock side and you got the hip hop side. Yeah. Well, I was delving into both of them at the same time, like. Um, some of the some of the hip hop artists that I listened to growing up was like uh, Eminem, Fifty Cent, G Unit, The Game. Um, listen to Ti, um, just uh, Diplomats or Dipset as people know them. You know, because I live, we live in the East Coast. You know, we live in Jersey. We're next to New York City. You know, a lot of New York uh, influence has reached where we were at in North Plainfield at the time. So, whatever the trend at New York City was, we were closely behind it. You know, we were falling closely behind it. I didn't realize it until I got older. You know, where do you think these North Face jackets came from? Where do you think these Timberland boots came from? You know, the the night the the Yankees fitted baseball caps. You know, that's all New York stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, you know that 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 is heavily attributed to you know in in the hip hop culture as well. Like when you look at some of these music videos of of these rappers, you know, the, you would see them rocking the exact fact brand that I was just saying. You know, so and these are the things that I remember being around that kids. That was that was the thing for Christmas present and birthdays that they would try to get that. Yeah. The North faces, the the fitteds, the the boots, the Nikes, the Jordans, you know. That was that was that was our era. Yeah. You know, that to me that was like that was like one of the one of the stepping stones of hip hop was was those guys I just mentioned too. Yeah, uh trendsetters. Yeah. So part of hip hop is about fashion. So you always gotta make sure that you look nice from head to toe. Whether it be a hat, whether yeah. it be a matching shirt and all that. Um, so when it comes to certain things like that, you, you have to make sure that you're dressed, uh, dressed to impress. Um, yeah. Uh, what else? Yeah. As you said, um, as you said earlier on, um, when we were go during, you know, the Christmas time and all that, we would ask for like the North faces and all that. Um, I, I, I got the Steve tech. So this was around. I remember those. Yeah. So Steve Tech North Face is on with all the zippers and pockets. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was the, that was the most beautiful jacket. I still have it. It's just broke. It's 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 disassembled. I need to find somebody that'll actually like fix it. If anybody knows of somebody that could restore North Face Deep Techs, please let me know. Put me up on Instagram. Yeah. Please <laughs> please let Carlos know. <laughs> um but yeah, uh part of uh part of uh the hip hop culture is uh making sure that you're dressed very nice or very uh you know impressive um and to this day like i like to dress nice uh don't get me wrong i like to, I, I like i like to have like you know <laughs> some name brand stuff with me whether it be nike polo um uh, some adidas here and there but it mostly it was just uh mostly it's nike and uh polo and jordan yeah but I think those, those are the brands I remember growing up to. Yeah. Um, 
believe it or not, Harlem is actually uh, Harlem would probably be the epicenter of um, you know the trend-setting fashion. If you actually remember it correctly, uh, remember like in mid two thousands, like you know, um, remember when um, Jim Jones blew up with his um, third album, um, Hustler Poem, and he started dressing yeah. up like a rock star. Everybody started to dress like a rock star. Before we used to wear like two yep. X, three X shirts that would reach all the way yep. down to our knees and everything like that. Once Jim Jones blew up with that um, "We Fly High" song. Um, then came Joel Santana. Everyone was switching over. Yeah, everybody was switching over everyone to was like uh, over. the rock star um, clothing. Everything was tight. Yeah. Uh, that we was, called it the preppy look. Yeah, the preppy look. Skinny, yeah. the skinnier, the skinnier t-shirts, the more slimmer jeans. I, I remember that. And then these have like the rock star chains on the side. Oh, it, it's still. You kind of see every every everything look more fitted. Yeah. Instead of being oversized and baggy. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I tried it and uh, it just. Didn't look good. I went back to bagging, and then, like, and then 2010. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna just stress my size, and here we are to this day. Yeah, no, definitely. I've seen, I've seen the way you dress now compared to back in the day. I feel like the dressing, the dressing attires that you have now definitely suit you compared to back then. You know, I even see some. We're gonna, we're gonna get into them, but um, one of our favorite MCs of all time, Vinny Paz. I've seen his his style change throughout the times too. He's he's wearing fitted stuff as well. They're not like skinny jeans and like tight t-shirts, but you could tell they're a lot less oversized than they were before, you know. But um, you kind of see some of even even the people that that we look up to lyrically, you know, they they've taken a notice on trying to dress a little more, I guess, appropriate. I don't know if that could be the term, but yeah, I remember that. I remember that going to school and and the kids wearing oversized t-shirts and all that. And to me, I was like, man, these guys look like they weren't pajamas. <laughs> It was funny. It was it was funny, man. It was funny. I'm not even going to say some names because there's some friends I knew since <laughs> since I was in, in elementary school. If I start if I start name dropping right now, Ooh. oh man, I'm about to get bombed. <laughs> nah, but nah, that's not even a bad way. It's, it's just reminiscing all the good old days when we were kids. Yeah. But um, what what do you think was the transition from mainstream hip hop or the stuff that you hear on the radio to you going underground? Because this whole this whole topic, this whole thing, I got you on the show was to talk about the king of lyricism, you know, the, the, yeah. the, the big dogs, like, you know, <laughs> I think outer space, uh, crypto war child even said it, you know, hell's fortress. That's what they call it. Underground hip hop. That's, that's where the fire is at, you know? Yeah. And of course there's, there's a lot of things in underground hip hop that are, you know, very, um, they're very, how could you say graphic? You know, I'm not saying for someone to go home and listen to it right now, but, you see a huge difference from the stuff that's not that's not being put on the radio versus you turning on Hot 97 or Power 105, you know. You know, you see a huge difference in the guys that are underground versus the guys that are mainstream. Big time. 90-day difference. It's not even it's not even a comparison. What what was the transition for you from from listening to these guys on the radio to buying the CDs at at the local thrift shop or something like that. All right. Uh for that, uh well, uh I do want to advise you that uh if if by any chance, if by any chance cancel culture listen to underground hip hop, they would have been immediately like, you know, beat uh, on top of that right now. Um <laughs> underground hip hop yeah, right. is not for the impressionable. It's for somebody I would say who really who really enjoys lyricism, who really enjoys the raw, you know, uh talent. My transition, believe it or not, it all started when I was listening to heavily on G Unit. Um, okay. Yeah, this was at the time where Fifty Cent was pretty much signing everybody: Mob Deep, MOP, Mace, um, Olivia. So, um, yep, I yeah. So this was at yeah. So once uh, Fifty Cent grabbed like you know pretty much every artist that he could, and then he you know, um, I had a friend of mine. His name was Carlos as well too. Um, he mm-hmm. he gave me a mixtape by Fifty Cent. Well, it was a G Unit mixtape. I think it was called yeah. "Return of the Ghetto Millionaires." Um, yeah. Once I once he handed me that, um, I started listening to MOP, and I'm like, "Oh, oh, snap!" Like you know, I like them. I like the delivery. I like the the, the raw greediness. Yep. And then um, as time progressed, I'm like, I think when I got out of high school, that's when I noticed that. You know what? The stuff that I'm listening to on the radio it doesn't sound like what I used to listen to a couple, couple, couple years ago, or how I came out like in the '90s, late '98, '99. Yeah, well, I did my research a little bit further, and then um, well, 
I remember MOP. So I'm like, okay, so let me listen a little bit further. That's when uh, my door opened up pretty much. So if, if by any chance anybody is, uh, are, is friends with Billy Dance, Little Fame, Fizzy Woe, and all them, if, if anybody is close to MOP like that, just tell them I said thank you. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, like they, they're, they're the ones that actually opened up the door to underground hip hop. Because not only was I, yeah. not only was I listening to to the death, not only was I listening to Firing Squad, uh, First Family for Life, uh, Warriors, and all that albums, it it made me realize other artists as well. Absolutely, absolutely. So it opened up the door for Gangstar. It opened up the door for pretty much yeah. the whole Gangstar. Family. I remember them. Jay Root Damager, um, Group yep. Home, good guy. I remember. Uh, yeah, Afro Ra, uh, Big Shug. And then after that, uh, we're going off the grid. Yeah. So we're talking, and then, you know, there's other artists as well. Um, there's Terminology. There's Necro. Uh, our, our favorite one, believe it or not, Immortal Technique, which I actually have to, Absolutely. I was, I was uh, fortunate to meet him on, uh, back in late 2000, uh, 2018. Yep. Still got the photos, man, yeah. to prove it. That was, that was, that was a, a sight to see, man. One of my closest friends meeting this guy that, that <laughs> changed my music and, Changed my music taste forever. <laughs> yeah, that was that was not a day difference. I I've always taught to treat stars as like human beings. You know, I'm I'm not gonna if if I see like I wouldn't say idol. That's a strong word. If I see someone I look up to down the street, whether they're from the music industry or not, um, I would treat them like a regular human being. I wouldn't just have my phone out and be like, "Yo, man, can I take a picture with you?" It's like, nah. I kind of know the stars don't like that stuff. They they want to be treated like like a human being. Yeah. you know, try not to treat them like like an object or like a superstar or anything like that. But to, to still see you take a picture with Immortal Technique, and he's one of the most infamous underground hip-hops of all t- underground artists of all time, excuse me. Uh, the fact, too, that what kind of what kind of stuck him on us is that he's also Latino as well. He's from Peru. Yeah, so you he's... Know, a- so for, for a Peruvian battle rapper who's went underground, his name has weight all over New York City, man. That guy is... I... I, I I feel bad for you if you try to if you try to go against him and lyri- lyrically I, I think he's he's one of the best in the whole game. You you would get destroyed. He is and not only that, he's also very knowledgeable as well too. So he he's he's a scholar. So he he likes to learn a lot of stuff and then he can implement that into his uh, music. So it's not only about Absolutely. it's not only about guns, violence or whatever the case may be. Oh, for those who don't know who Immortal Technique is um, anybody who's 18 and over, just look up Dance with the Devil, and pretty much that's it. Um, <laughs> no, but what I appreciate about uh, what I appreciate about Technique is uh, not only the, the the rawness that he provides, but also the knowledge as well too. Um, yeah, yeah. So like you know, uh, Secret Government Lies and all that, and um, you know, uh, MK Ultra, a lot of stuff that the government doesn't want you to know or see. Um, I, I understand that. Uh, a lot of people have different beliefs and all that, but you know what? It for a person who could actually like you know open up uh, musically with like knowledge, education, and whatnot. Like you know, it's 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 very moving, and that's another reason yeah. why I love hip hop as well too. Because believe it or not, it's educational. Like you could actually learn a thing or two. Like for example, uh, Wu Tang Clan, um, one of the greatest groups of all time. They talk about the. Um, they're, uh, they talk about, uh, oh, crap. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Uh, they talk about, the- if anyone doesn't know, Wu- if anyone doesn't know Wu-Tang Clan, they're uh, a famous hip-hop group from Staten Island, New York. You know, I think one of the most famous members out of there is, uh, Raekwon, Method Man. Uh, there's, there's just a lot of them, man. Uh, no, it's, it's just, all right, for the Wu-Tang, straight out of uh, Staten Island, they actually first started off in, in Brooklyn. It was uh, Reza, Jizza, Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, so it was Reza, Jizza, and uh, Old Dirty Bastard. So it, it came from them first, but uh, Reza at the time, he was calling himself Prince Rakim. And then Jizza already came out with an album called The Genius. Um, yeah. But yeah, started off in uh, Brooklyn, and then they started uh you know, recruiting people and all that. Um, but uh, to continue into the subject, uh, they they talk about the nation of Islam and all that. The the majority of uh, uh, members of the, from the Wu Tang Clan like are, uh, you know, 
big, uh, you know, their beliefs is from Islam and all that. So they talk about this. They're Muslim. Yep, Muslim. They're Muslim. Yep. So, they talk about the so. the one twenty peace to the God. Yeah, I I, I had I have no idea about that. I just knew that my uh, my exposure to to the underground hip hop was uh, very similar to yours. Uh, like I was saying before, you know, listening to a lot of these uh, mainstream artists like Eminem, Fifty Cent, G Unit, Dipset. You know, I remember being 16 years old, chilling at my cousin uh, Rob's house, and uh, he had an iPod, iPod, and he had so many so, so many artists in there. And there's one artist that I kept seeing repeatedly because at the time, uh, of course, <laughs> we weren't getting our music uh, the righteous way. <laughs> we were ripping them off the internet. <laughs> yeah. And there's one artist that kept going back and forth because he had a lot of different features. Was a uh, Immortal Technique. And one of the songs that I, that I definitely heard from more technique that that blew my mind was uh, "Dancing with the Devil." And for a little background for that song, "Dancing with the Devil" is pretty much about a um, a young man who uh, stayed to the streets. Uh, he wanted to be known to to hang out with these uh, drug dealers, so he started making moves. Um, and then eventually, he got the opportunity to work with some of these big time drug dealers and. During the song, you know, more technique. Not only is he he's telling, he's a good storyteller. He's also rhyming throughout every sentence. And to me, I found that very impressive. How you can stick to a story, and yet you're still rhyming. I, I feel like that's for for any artist to do that. That's that's difficult. But at the same time, it's very impressive. Um, the moral of the story is, you know, um, they end up they end up taking advantage of of a woman, but didn't realize that the woman that were taking advantage of with this was the the character that Moral Technique was speaking about, um, William, right? So when he found out that it was his mother that they were doing the things to, he ended up committing suicide because he was part of his, his, his mother's demise, you know, and to him, he, he couldn't, he couldn't fathom that. So that's why the song is called Dancing with the Devil, because when you let the streets or the street life take over you, you know, you, you become so blind to reality that you will do almost virtually anything to get to what you want. And, you know, and that's a powerful message, I feel like, to the youth that it's, it's not worth it. The whole song pretty much is technique telling you, don't do it. If you dance with the devil, you better say never, because the dance of the devil might last you forever. That's one of the most infamous lines of the whole song. Yeah, It, it, it is. It is. It, that's something that you don't play around with. But. I remember hearing that song and then showing it to my cousin Mario, and then you know half of the complex was hearing it. I remember it was just Ramon, Nicole, my cousin Victor. Like they just all gathered around the iPod. They put that song on, and it was like everyone was like dead silent, hearing the whole song from from start to end. And to me, it was just the the message was so powerful because it literally told kids like, yo, instead of glorifying drugs and 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 hookers and drugs and all that stuff and and violence, it was telling you. This is the reality of what happens when you choose that life. And to me, Immortal Technique had the guts to come out with this song. And, and the beauty of underground hip hop to me was they literally have freedom of speech, 100%. Yeah. They could talk about religion. They could talk about politics. They could talk about worldly, worldly issues, um, family life. Like they'll, they'll tell you what it is. When you go, when you go mainstream, everything is a, power, is a party. Not, you know, not so, a- not only everything is a party, but uh, I believe that, you know, you're told what to say or do, uh, whatever you have to do to be catchy, um, whatever it is to sell, to sell, sell, yeah. sell. Um, so, yeah, you um, when it comes to like, you know, having like, you know, mainstream success, it comes a price. So you're pretty much silent with certain Absolutely. things um, that you can't speak of. Absolutely. So Absolutely. nowadays. I guess either the age or because I'm not a fan of it, I don't listen to a lot of the things that are coming on the radio. I mean, absolutely, yeah. right now to this day. Yeah. So the thing, the thing, the thing with me is that every new artist that comes out, I'll, I'll, I'll take a, I'll take a listen to it. But if it doesn't, if it doesn't attract my intent, if it doesn't like you know, if it doesn't click with me, then it's, it's not for me. But. I will say this right now. Um, the current artists that are that I'm enjoying right now, uh, believe it or not, um, is Griselda. So, Benny the Butcher, uh, West Side Gun, Conway the Machine. Um, I'm also enjoying. Uh, I'm also enjoying El Camino and also uh, Thirty Eight Special. 
Yeah, so mostly like upstate New York rappers, <laughs> believe it or not. So, yeah, these are these are new guys that I, I never heard about. No, they're really not. I've been, I've been. No, I mean to me, to me, they're they're new. Yeah, but to you, I, they they've probably been around for for such a long time. I mean, not stopping that technique, but from technique, you know, we. I think you're the one who introduced me to another another famous uh, uh, underground powerhouse group, um, Jedi Mind yep. Tricks. You know, I to Mortal Technique and Jedi Mind Tricks has has a large influence on my uh, on my late teens, early you know twenties. You know, growing up, that was you're, you're still you know you're still forming your own person, your own identity at, at that age. But I mean, just hearing those guys, just really the lyricism and, and the vocabulary that these men were using were like college like college terms compared to the stuff on the radio yeah. <laughs> sometimes all these words that that are people are using now like hi bet no cap going to get turned up like they're they're just they're just giving a new definition to to simple words in the english dictionary i'm just like what are we doing now like it's like every other year it's a new term it's like <laughs> So I really have to keep up with this stuff. Uh, to, I, to me, I find it annoying. I remember, I remember years ago, bro. I remember years ago, my friend was like, "Yo, you trying to turn up?" I'm like, "What the heck does that mean? Turn up? Like, turn up? Like, I, I woke up on my, I woke up on my, on my stomach today. I was supposed to turn over the bed or what?" And he's like, "Oh no, that mean that means that means uh, get lit." And I'm like, "What the heck does lit mean? I don't want to be on fire." He's like, "No, man, I'm talking about drinking." I'm like, "We should have said that from the beginning." Like, really? Like, are, are we are we are we really gonna are we really gonna butcher the English language right now and like give these simple words new term, new meanings now? And then I realize that all this stuff comes from the the mainstream hip hop community. I'm just like, we we are we are trouble. We are in trouble as as a human race if we keep doing this stuff because it's it's not even funny. But then, like I said, going going back to the underground hip hop things, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, uh, big words that they use. Yeah on the ground and they're so able to make sense out of it and a lot of metaphors that that connect you know to me that that attracted me the most intelligence yeah. attracts me period you know not not the stuff that i hear in the radio but intelligence attract me i guess that's why underground hip-hop was always appealing to me you know um jenna mind tricks like i said we're going back to them uh shout outs to you know Vinny paz who's from philadelphia stoop the enemy of mankind who's the the dj the, the guy that makes the songs yeah, the, you know he's the puerto rican um He's a Puerto Rican uh, cat from uh, Philadelphia as well. Him and Vinny Paz grew up together. Another guy, um, like I said, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind. It's a cool thing that he's from our state, New Jersey. Just a law, you know. He's from Camden, New Jersey. You know, in Camden and Philadelphia, they're right there. They're like across, like couple couple hundred feet from the river, right there. Boom. You know that that is the supergroup of the East Coast, Jedi Mind Tricks, and uh, these guys. They're they're a force to be working with. I I don't think there's a duo or trio that can outwrap these guys. These guys are what started like the whole foundation for me of of the underground hip hop. And you got guys like uh, Swollen Members, um, Self Titled, Apathy, you know, uh, Outer Space, which consists of uh, two Puerto Rican rappers, uh, Crypto Warchild and Planetary. Um, I mean, the list can go on and on, and I just oh, one of my another one, Diabolic, you know the the New York, um, Long Island, New York rapper. You know, he's the one that was on uh, a yeah, he was on yeah, he was uh, a technique big guy, big guy, and and was crazy too. I I try not to bring this subject into into conversations, but the majority of Caucasian or or white rappers that are in underground hip hop is to me is mind boggling, and these guys are good. These guys are good. These guys aren't, aren't you know, your your uh, Krispy Kreme or Project <laughs> Fresh, whatever that kid's name is. <laughs> you know, no disrespect to him. He's but Slim I, Jesus. I he, he, he's a Slim Jesus. Yeah, this this ain't your Slim Jesus rapper, man. This ain't, you know, Yellow Wolf, man. This ain't Eminem. This is, these guys, bar for bar, they, they will Actually, the, the uh, I think I think the top yeah. tier one out of the whole uh, underground white rappers would probably be R.A. the Rugged Man. Already, yes. Like, you can't forget Already the Rugged Man. He's he's been around since forever, man. He's Biggie, Method yeah, Man. Yeah, pretty much the whole Wu Tang Clan. He used to. Yeah, he even everyone. made music with um Black Poet. 
And Blackpool is uh, one of those. Yeah, yeah Blackpool exactly. was one of those uh, rising artists from from Queensbridge, like in the late eighties. So he was part of the he was part of the whole yep. uh, Bridge Wars. For those who don't know, the Bridge Wars was a yeah. was a uh, hip hop feud that 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 started like early eighties, mid eighties. It was between uh, Brooklyn and uh, no, I'm sorry, uh, it was between Queensbridge and uh, Bronx because it all started off with uh, MC Shan, who did the song. Um, the bridge and uh KRS one at the time who was uh, uh who who came out already he took that into offense because he was uh he thought that MC Shan said that the hip hop started in Queensbridge and uh KRS one said that uh, it, it was born in the Bronx which everybody well if you're a hip hop fanatic we all know that it was born in the Bronx so yeah so there was this going back and forth and all that so yeah mm-hmm. that's a little bit of hip hop knowledge uh, that's that's one thing. That's one Sounds thing that good. I like the most about hip hop as well too is the history of it. Like you could actually go back and you yeah. could actually listen and also read what happened, how it all started, what was the outcome of it. Because yeah. it, believe it or not, like it took KRS One and Molly Mall, who was part of the um, Juice Crew in Queensbridge back in the day, and KRS One was with Boogie Down Productions, yeah. and so it took them, yeah. uh, Molly Mall. Uh, who was Queensbridge and um, KRS One, who was from the Bronx, to join together to make an album called Hip Hop Lives. You know, this, 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 this yeah. dispute, like you know, any you know bad tension between them, and it's a really good album. And this this came out in two thousand seven. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a while ago. No, but it's a really good album. It, it's it, it, they, they took they made the album because they wanted to give Nas a response. Towards the 2006 Hip Hop Is Dead album that he dropped. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember that trend happening. Everyone was saying hip hop was dead. Hip hop was dead. I remember growing in the mid 2000s, and and what was on the radio was a lot of that southern. Oh, yeah, well, the the popular. snapping. Yeah, the snapping. The the. the well, I, I guess in the early 2000s it was a strong, it was a snapping that and was... dancing, and then also the catchy like rhymes and all that. But I, Dude, I'll give know. some credit. I'll give some credit because in the beginning, like even some southern rappers, like they would try their best to be lyrical. Like they still attempted some something. Yeah. Like yeah. believe it or not, like um, believe it or I, not, um, I don't know if anybody would uh, remember this, but back in two thousand seven, I I think it, yeah, I think it was two thousand no, yeah, two thousand six or two thousand seven. Um. There was a guy by the name of Rich Boy. He he, he dropped that song. Throws it, throw some D's on him. Yeah, Rich Boy, Candy Crack. Uh, well, I don't know if you heard that song, but throw the D's on him. Just bought a new Cadillac. That song was. Catchy. Nah, I know, I know. But <laughs> when when that came out during my like you know when that when my phase of, of high school, like I I was just, I I, I was just trying to follow up. With whatever they were coming with, so yeah, yeah. Well, I guess my what my what my uh what my argument what my comment is is that I don't want to disregard um southern hip hop because some artists actually took it seriously and were trying to be lyrical, even with the whole you know snap your fingers and catchy rhymes and also the crazy dances and all that. But yep. you know what? I'll give credit where credit is due. So absolutely. Yeah, of course. And something, too, that I, I've noticed throughout the years passing by was a lot of the music was more of a party thing, you know. Um, I noticed if you had to put yourself in a CEO or executive's position, producer, excuse me, um, you had to look at where the money's at. You know, a lot of these CEOs and these record makers and these producers, they don't care about lyrics, as I noticed, as as time as years gone by, they just want to know what sounds catchy and what sounds good. So I've noticed going to this era now, you know, you, we're we're in the age of what we call mumble rap. Yep, mumble rappers. Want to be correct? Where you would hear the beats, you would hear the 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 rapper, or the artist doing his lyrics, and sometimes you don't even understand what he's trying to say. But you know, it, to me, it's it's mind-boggling because it's it's not about lyricism anymore. It's all about getting high and doing drugs and putting this music on the club and just that was it. 
And to me, I feel like that's the most embarrassing thing anyone can do. <laughs> it's pretty much them selling themselves just to make, you know, <laughs> get money, you know? I, I can, in a million, million years, no, I, I wouldn't. That, that you, 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 you strip yourself of, of who you are and, and you, you sell yourself so you could portray an image that you're really not to the world so you can get money. And to me, I find it sad because there's a lot of young, young talent that's coming up. You know, especially we, we live now in an era where everyone's putting a little yeah. in front of their names. There's a little this, little that. Like, like I remember growing up, the only little that I knew was little <laughs> Bow Wow and little John. You go on the radio, it's like a little every other every other you know every other song. Little Pump, Little Yachty, Little Uzi, you know, little 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 Peep. You know, it was little little Bum. I mean. This is going on and on. There's even more rappers that I even know about that have the word little in it, and it's just a lot of them sound the same. You know, a lot of them really sound the same. Uh, the mumble rapping genre, I feel like, killed hip hop mainstream permanently. I don't, I don't know what's next after this. I, I didn't think it could get worse, but I feel like it can. And to be honest, I think what's what's frustrating is that a lot of people online, especially on social media, are debating who's the best rapper. And the fact that they put some of these guys up there. I find it very disturbing because their lack of research and in, 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 into this stuff, it's, it's, it's sad. You know, a lot of these people grew up. This is, this is their 50 cent. This is their G unit. This is their dip set that they're growing up with now. Like the kids that are in high school now are listening to these guys and they're going to go back 10 years and be like, yo, I used to listen to him and listen to that. And it's just, that's the people that is going to shape the future. Like, really? Face tattoos and 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 rainbow hair and 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 coloring your nails and and putting like I, I I don't know it's like piercings all over your face and just like I remember growing up face tattoos were for for mm-hmm. gang members or prisoners now rappers that have nothing to do with gangs are doing it yeah but and it's like yo even even some of the underground hip hop artists don't do it and they have graphic lyric more graphic lyrics than these guys and I'm just like what like. This is for show. You can definitely know it's for show, but I, I will not. I will not. I will never, ever, ever call out anyone. I respect everyone for, you know, trying to do what they're trying to do. You know, but I mean, to me, I can. I could never get down with that. You know, the beats yeah. is what get everyone. When you hear that beat drop, I think there's there's something with that they found out that if we make a hot beat. We put a very likable or catchable voice behind it. You'll make money, and you, you yeah, know that because everything is, everything is trending. Everything is, is um, you know, viral. Everything. So everything's gonna be quick like that. So, uh, if some if somebody actually puts in like uh, invest like twenty five to thirty minutes to like produce a beat or something like that, and then some guy who who can sound like catchy or you know one of the hottest artists out now um can drop a verse. And like the next hour or two, they could just put it out there in the internet. It could be, it could either be trending, or it could just fall flat. But um, it's crazy because I'm looking at some of these young kids. There's even rappers that are like 12, 13 years old that are starting to sound like these rappers with face um, but, now. Like when I go on Instagram sometimes and I'm scrolling down and it's like, oh, this new rapper is trending, and I'm like, he sounds the exact. He sounds exactly the same as. I, these mumble rappers, like there's nothing new except for a different beat. But the tone is the same. It's the same beat, same tone. You don't even understand the message of the whole thing except get high, get girls, get cars, get money. Like, like, it's the same over and over again. And to me, it's like that's that's a fake reality. All these things are coming. All these things are coming to them because they have money. If they had no money, they'd be a regular job. Yeah, like me believe it or not, hip hop started off as a party, um, as a party anthem. It was born, it was born as a party anthem. Oh, so yeah. if you look way, way back to the Sugar Hill Gang when they dropped the, when they dropped that song, I said a hip hop, the hippie, the hippie. Like I know, like you know, it's a very party anthem and all that, but they made sense. Like they were trying absolutely. To, it, no, yeah, that it was, was the origin. Was like origin. it was, it was like a party. It was a party track, but they were trying to like you know battle. It was it was kind of like a battle thing, but they were trying to make you like you know move your feet and you know into the rhythm and all that. Um, as far as today's hip hop, I'm not a fan of it. I tried; it's not for me. 
But I will say this. There are some tracks out there that will be a guilty pleasure song. Let's not give up hope on a youth just yet, because if you actually if you if you actually yeah, listen yeah, to yeah. Um, Big Pun's son Chris Rivers, he has there's hope there's hope. Oh yeah. If you actually if you listen to um, R.A. the Rugged Man's uh, mentor or mentee or whoever he's teaching Afro, all flow reaches out a, a, a child a, a kid like yeah yeah. So he's under, a kid under, from yeah, twenty under. in his early twenties, I believe. He was listening to stuff. He was he was sixteen, yeah. seventeen, listening to Big Daddy Kane. Yeah, old school guys that that when they were hot, when they were popping, he wasn't. Even yeah, of yet. course, he wasn't even thought of yet. So there is hope for the. There is hope. Everything that's coming out right now is not, you know, is what we're being handed over. Is there is hope for the younger generation to either improve or be more, you know. Lyrical. They might. They 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 might. Yo, you know what's crazy that I was. Go ahead. Oh, no. Go ahead. Oh, my bad. Fin- no. Finish your thought. No, <laughs> I'm just so saying. Like uh, you know, we can't give up on the on the on the on the youngsters just yet. Um, if if they ha- if if the market that they want to go to in the hip hop world is not reaching out to them, like you know, they have the opportunity to be you know one of the best lyricists out there. Um, underground, you know, independent, uh, get their own money and whatnot. Um, in, in regards to money, yeah. money, clothes, and the women, and you know, the cars and all that, like they've been doing it in the '90s as well too. But the only difference is they made sense. Yeah, like they made sense. They either had a path, they either had like a a a, a, a path where they obtained these these things and the women, and but we could understand it. I mean, yeah. Versus yeah. now, where I'm versus like, now. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> uh, I even have to Google. I have even have to type it in, like Google it and all that. Like, um, one of the tech. yeah, Google the lyrics in your own language. I think that's like the funniest thing in the world. It's like, what's the lang- yeah. <laughs> what's the lyrics to the song? Even though it's in like, English, I still don't get it. And, yeah, and Google will tell me too. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't sound like it. I'm just, I'm just gonna go how it sounds. Like, uh, like when I listen, when I listen to like Lil Uzi Vert's. Uh, Exo tour life. They're like, I swear, I still, it sounds like they're yeah, yawning. It is, it is catchy. But I, I don't, I don't, I still don't know what that song's about. <laughs> it's the catch. It's one of the catchiest songs. I still don't know what it's about. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to admit that, man. Like I said, there is, there is a lot of, a lot. Of I call them guilty. Are very catchy. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. Everyone has everyone has a guilty pleasure, and to you because we were talking about you know underground hip hop and, and guys that are all about lyrics. You know, these are things that you'll just hear on the radio one day and be like, "Ooh, who is this?" Even though I know they're part of that <laughs> that group, I don't like <laughs> the mumble rapping group. It's just oh, it's pretty catchy. Yeah. There, there's a lot of songs too. You know, one one guy that that peaked, that interests me because because of his sound and he, he's different from everyone else was a uh, of course uh, Takashi Six Nine. Him, but of course, him <laughs> being associated, being associated with with the whole gangs and him sticking out and all that, you know. To me, he's an interesting character. He's an interesting guy, you know. I, he's just very. I don't know. It's you can you can understand what he's saying. He's just yeah. He's that yell rapper. He's yelling out his lyrics. It's funny. That's why he's different from everyone else. He 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 found a way and he did it and he executed it. Everyone else that yells after him, everyone's gonna know. Oh, that's another Takashi. Takashi just made the way for uh, new genres called yell rap. <laughs> he's gonna be rapping. He's gonna be yelling his lyrics. <laughs> we get you already. <laughs> but not the, the the thing I was trying to say before was um, I would hear music mm-hmm. back in like the fifties and sixties, right? And I noticed the lyrics and the messages were a lot different from what's yeah. on the radio today. You know, I, I find that back then there was more emotions. I feel like there was more sincerity. There was more appropriateness to those to those artists back then. And yeah. this is before auto tunes. This is before the producers and these guys can like make your voice sound like a goddess or a god. You know, now in these days, auto tunes and fixing up your voices. Like when you hear these these artists perform live. 
they sound so, nothing like what they sound on, so it's pretty much on, on the CD. Excuse me. So it's pretty much they a sound picture nothing. filter for music. Pretty it much. Is, so it's like a, a Snapchat filter for like music. Absolutely. <laughs> but but the one thing that I that I've noticed, and I'm not trying to sound like a simp or anything, but like in the 50s and 60s, you know, you could tell how some of these artists will talk about women, mm-hmm. you know, holding your hands, yep. kissing you, you know, normal stuff that your parents would do or what a boyfriend or girlfriend do. Now, in hip hop and and especially the the mainstream stuff that we that we hear today, they they put relationships as you got to use your significant other as an object. They 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 use women as objects, and then you have women that yeah. want to promote promiscuity. It's 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 cool to 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 sleep with twenty people in one week, you know, all that stuff. I'm like, how do we go from the fifties and sixties, guys like? You know, one of the most infamous, one of the most, he's like one of my favorite artists. And this guy's like, his song is older than my mm. parents, Frank Sinatra. This guy had a voice, man. This guy's voice is just, it's on another level, man. And you hear his lyrics go back, I mean, like, fast forward 70, 80 years from now. I mean, like, you're like, what, what happened in human history that we went from that to this, you know? Uh, it's just it's it's incredible and he's just one of many you know frank sinatra is one of many of, of, of great artists back in the day you know just talking about having a normal relationship with a girl you know talking about wifing her up you know i want to have a family how many kids with you now <laughs> the artist today is all about getting high getting drunk trying to sleep with as many people as you can and it's cool and everyone's doing it and to me it's like yeah what the heck happened <laughs> to the generation's that was following that, you know what I mean? To to me, I, I was like, man, that that's there like the deterioration of humanity. When you when you look when you when you look at someone as an object and not as a human being, you don't realize that that person has emotions and 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 needs that you also have as well. This is not the toy that you have on sitting on the corner of you that you could discard and forget about in a year or two and it still be there. This is an actual human being that you're talking about when you're making this music. So that's why it's very important to, when you're writing these things down, that once it's out on the radio, that's it. You can't take it back. Yep. Half of the world is going to hear it. They're going to know who you are as a person and what, and what you support and what you portray. You know, so to me, that, that mind boggles me how we went from, from that to this. You know, um, it's, it's, it's... There's, there's, certain, there's, certain, there's certain artists in underground hip hop that they, they kind of do a little bit yeah. of the same, but not to that extent. I've heard it before. I heard it before, but no, it's not, that's not their main focus. You know, that, I've noticed that's not, that's not their main focus. Um, we're going back to Vinny Paz, the, the lead foreman of, uh, the frontman of uh, Data Mind Tricks. You know, he's the one that I was watching one of his interviews, and he was saying that um, he's the one I got that statistic from that he read on the magazine or an article that uh, it was like a majority of, of mainstream artists are influenced by the producers to talk more about women, clothes, cars, and money, you know, and Vinny Paz admitted it. He's like, yo, I like that stuff too, but I don't portray that in my art because that's not what I'm about. He wants to talk about his reality, his, what's, what's important to him, which is Philadelphia and the world around it, his struggles with his pops and his moms, his family life, you know, and then he gets into the hardcore, the grittiness of it, you know, that's the stuff that, you know, you hear it and you're like, wow, what this guy is completely different yeah. from what, I like. what you hear yeah. up there. Absolutely. Not only that, you know, you, you not can, only that but it's also his, um, he has a, he has a significant, he has a significant way for, for storytelling. So, for example, uh, yeah, so for example, oh, um, yeah. during his early albums, he would talk about like, you know, Adam, sci- the, the science matter and all that. And then as, as later time progressed, like it was more yeah. a little bit more gangster lyrics. Um, but if you if you pay attention to like uh, his his uh, Jedi Mind Tricks is um, a fifth album, Servants in Heaven, Kings in Hell. Um, yeah, so there were a couple oh, no. tracks over there. One was the Uncommon Valor. Um, that was a story. That was that was a song where uh, he mm-hmm. pre- he he portrayed a um, a U.S. soldier in, in the yeah. During yeah, the, yeah during no. the Vietnam War, Vietnam War right and that's when I was introduced to Ari the Rugged Man because he took it, he took 
that verse, R.A. took his um his part of the song and made it as it was his father, because his father served in the in the military. Yeah. yeah. So he was part of the Vietnam War. Yeah. So R.A. 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 the rugged man, the one of the most infamous MCs of all time. His own father served in the Vietnam War. I think I was uh, reading reading something about it. Uh, because of that, his father was exposed to that chemical Agent Orange that they tried to put on. They tried to put on um, um, at the time the, the, the gorillas or, or the enemy at the time. Yeah, um, the sacrifice that they made was uh, some of the U.S. soldiers were uh, exposed to that chemical gas. So when they got home, they got messed up, cancers, mutations with their children. You know, uh, R.A. the Rugged Man was. Uh, he was the middle child of, of three. You know, he, he had an older sister and a younger brother. Um, both of them were born with severe illnesses and deformities. And he, he was the only one I was born normal. Like, he was no issues from not from our knowledge. He might, he's probably has some type of mental illness that he doesn't, you know, share about or anything. But I feel like everyone does. But um, I remember he, that song, um, Uncommon Valor, at the end, he will literally name the illnesses that his sister and his brother uh, suffered from. And to me, those are serious stuff. And that was a that that song was to show that the realities of what was going on at, at the time when, when these soldiers were, were being drafted and yeah. deported to these countries to fight the war. for the country, you know. Um, yeah. And what's insane was, like I said, I, I just I just can't get over that Agent Orange that's, thing. Like that's that's a scary thing. Chemical warfare has always been always no, been no, dangerous. No. But I'm not trying to get off no. track. You know, this is this is hip hop related. But I mean, this is the fact that R.A. the Rugged Man, the MC, was able to portray that story into his art, into that song "Uncommon Valor" with with Vinny Paz and Servants of Heaven, Kings of Hell. You know, to me, I I never heard anything like that. And then when he when he was rapping on it and he was he was speaking on it. I was just like, man, yeah. this guy's he's he's a monster with the mic. But at the same time, you knew what he was trying to he was trying to get his uh, message across. Like, yeah, his father. This is this is, uh, up, this is why I, this is another prime example as to why hip hop educates. Believe it or not, because he'll tell you that part right there in the song, and then boom, you're the inter, the the curiosity got the best of you. So you're gonna go ahead and you're gonna look it up, and then after that, you're gonna read that article, and then there's gonna be more articles. Uh, related to that, and then you'll go ahead and click, and then you'll start reading more and more. I mean, it'll expand your it'll expand your knowledge a little bit further. It'll make you want to learn other stuff as well too, like what they were either either you want to debunk what they were talking about as to this isn't true because they have this, or you're interested and you want to you want to use that type of knowledge and for like everyday use, like. Yeah, for like a everyday discussion, or if you get into a yeah. uh, debate with another colleague or or whatever the case may be, and be like, well, because of this, this and that, I found this, this and that as well too. So, in that part right there, yeah, in that part right there, like it it, it attracts the knowledge, it attracts interest, it makes you want to learn a little bit more. So this is why I say like hip hop educates, or it also um, intrigues or engages in like uh, some educational key values in there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I see. I see the point you're trying to come across. Um, who's your top five or top three uh, or top five? Okay, currently right now. Um, yeah, top five. Top uh, five number one, MOP. Number two, Vinny Pass. Number three, uh, Immortal Technique. Number four would be R.A. the Rugged Man, and number five. Oh, number five. Number five. Crap, I have a lot. Yeah, too many to count. Too many you to know count. what? Number five. Yeah. Did I say Chris Rivers? I think I'll just I'll stick with Chris Rivers for number five. Yeah, speaking of Chris Rivers. Yes, speaking of Chris Good Rivers. Fun. If anyone doesn't know Chris Rivers, man, I know he's he's of course he's big pun son, but of course he he put that alias because he's trying to get away from the shadow of his father. I feel like with a lot of legends and when they have children. Um, people tend to try to link them with their parents and be like, yo, you should rap or you should do music like your parents. And some of them don't want to be like that. Some of them want their own style. They don't want to be exactly like their parents because if they do, it's like they get judged based off how closely they are trying to compare themselves to the parents. When in reality, you realize that they're two different people. I remember hearing a, a, 
an interview with, with Chris Rivers and his rapping is, is phenomenal for someone that young, you know, and when you hear him rap, he sounds different from his father completely, yeah. but he's still lyrical like his dad, but his style and his flow and his delivery is way different from his father, way different. And for the people that know, um, big pun, his real name is Christopher Lee Rios. So what Chris River did was he chopped Christopher in half and put, you know, just Chris and then Rios mm-hmm. is rivers in Spanish. You know, it's, that's, that's what it means. So he put himself, instead of calling himself baby pun when he first started, you know, everyone would be like, Oh, that's big pun son, you know, baby pun, hear him, hear him and this and that. He wanted to do his own thing and, and, and not get that publicity. And he wanted to start from, from the bottom up. And when he came up with Chris rivers, and he started going from there. I felt like that's when he started making to himself his own his own character. But he he's he's one of he's on my list too, man. That guy is that kid is his gift, and so is his father too. Just listening to his dad yeah. while I'm growing up, big pun. You know, he was our he was our Latino Superman. Puerto Rican rapper from he the was Bronx. our Superman. I, I don't. Uh, to to me, I feel like big pun was more lyrical than yeah. Than he was na- Biggie he was and Tupac. He was really nasty. With, yeah, he I was feel, really nasty. I feel, I, I feel like he like, was, uh, he was, he was underrated. He was, he was underrated. And when you would hear his music compared to these guys, you'd be like, "Man, this guy is vicious. He's on a mission." I have, I have nothing but respect for Tupac for the West Coast. I have nothing but respect for Biggie and, and Brooklyn. When you hear Big Pun, you don't realize that this this man is another yeah. monster in a cage when it comes to the mic. He has no no holds bar on him. You, you can't you can't contain this man. You know if when I when I hear Chris Rivers, you know Chris did a smart thing and stayed on the ground because he know that if he stayed on the ground, he'll still be able to have freedom of speech. If you go if you go mainstream, you get your you get your speech restricted. You can only rap about certain things and you can't rap about mm-hmm. everything that you want to rap about, or unless you get in trouble. So Chris was like, Nah, screw that. I'm going I'm going to stay on the ground rap about whatever I want to rap about. And that's what he did. You know, the yeah. kid went through a lot of struggles, him and his family, but mm-hmm. he's well known. He's well known right now on YouTube. Everyone knows who he is. You know, he's, he's making a name for himself. But one of my tops is, you know, number one will be a moral technique because he introduced me to the whole underground genre. Uh, two would be, it's a battle between Vinny Paz and Just Along. You know, I have I have love and respect for Diabolic number three, man. Diabolic, Apathy. Um, Diabolic and Apathy are definitely up there. Um, yeah, Chris would have to be there, too. The, these guys, like I said, these guys shaped a lot of a lot of things. Yeah. They influence a lot of a lot of my thinking, you know, but of course, it's it, it could be it could be, you know, it could also be a dangerous thing as well. Because you still want to be your yeah, own person, you know. These people live different lives than we do, you know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not living what they're what they're rapping about. I'm happy, you know. I'm, I'm a peaceful man. <laughs> I don't condone violence. I never do. I never tell anyone try to do it. No. If if you could always resolve issues peacefully, go for it. I always tell people that that's that's always the best solutions. I know these guys try not to do that too. They try not to incite violence, but they it, just it, want it's either that it's also therapeutic for them like, as well you know. to like you know let out your frustration, let out your anger. Um, do do it metaphorically into like a track or whatnot. And after that, you probably feel a little bit better on the inside. Um, music is very therapeutic. It doesn't have to be with one genre. It could be with their very many different genres, believe it or not. Um, what? What makes you? Oh, how do you think you could be the king of of lyricism? What what is what is the skills you need um, to to be on top? In your opinion, from 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 all the years of you di- delving into hip hop and going from from city to city, like what what did you what did you encounter? What's your thoughts on who's the best um, and who's not? How do you determine that? As, yep. as tough as tough as that well, sounds, because everyone has their own list. All right. Uh, well, for me, it everyone has their own one list. is delivery. So it, he has to he has to know how to deliver properly. His flow. Two would be the message. Three would be the uh, three. I yeah. guess I don't know. If this would be part of the delivery. The delivery, but the rhyming technique. So if you could, if you could, uh, if you can 
if you can spit like a hot 16 in a boom bap beat and then after that like they'll mix it over with like a with a trap beat like when uh when sway does the five uh the five fingers of death he'll 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 do like uh five different types of beats and then after that we'll find out like mm-hmm. how well he'll how well that artist will go off the top of his head in a freestyle so so for yeah freestyling is hard anyone so, know that's like trying to so, come up with lyrics on the fly or yeah so for people who actually would, who, yeah. who people who i think would, are actually nice in freestyle uh, will probably have to be either Papoose, uh, MC Supernatural. Uh, for those for those of you who yeah. don't know, Supernatural is an MC. Uh, I think he's uh, from the Midwest, but he could wrap his ass off off the dome of his head. Um, if if you guys want to take a look at it, yeah, um, yeah, just look him up. I, I would suggest uh, MC Supernatural versus Craig G. That's one of uh, that's what's one of the dope battles right there. Um, Craig G. Yeah, first time I heard him, but I heard a papoose. He did the alpha. He did the alphabet. Not only that, but I think he... that was one of his most uh, famous songs yeah. with uh, DJ K Slay. I remember hearing that papoose years ago, and uh, I was just like, "Man, this guy's." They would say the letter, one of the letters in the alphabet, and then he would rhyme a word, and that word would rhyme to the next word based using that yeah. alphabet. Yeah. I'm using that that letter from the alphabet. And I'm just like, man, this guy is like unbelievable. I was like, <laughs> I was just like, where did he come from? Like, that's that's insane. And then he did it backwards. I'm just like, man, I'm done. This guy is yeah, Poots, he's a Pat force to be reckoned Poots. with. Pat but not only that, all you also have to pay attention to the law library. Yeah. So, um, uh, I guess during uh, Pat Poos's run with the mixtape and all that, he'll ha- he'll have a song. I guess on each mixtape called the Law of the Library, so it'll be part one, two, three, or four. So he'll just pretty much rap about like you know yeah. what part of the Law of the Library like benefits you. Let's say for example, um, he'll rap about uh, you know search and seizure. Let's say like uh, your your right to like you know say no. Well, I'm not saying I'm not saying condone it or you know uh, or to. You know, to, to to challenge a police officer's like state because just, you know everything going on with like you know law enforcement and also like you know people of color. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every every everyone's responsible for their own actions. Are you trying to say? Yeah, like, you, you make the decision at the end. Of the so day, pretty much what Papu did uh, with law library is yeah. uh, pretty much rap about um you know your rights, your civil rights as a person, so what you can say or do or what you could use in your defense. To not be like victimized by a uh, police brutality, by a uh, police, uh, yeah. Not only police, but also the law as well too. To see like you know what what your defense is. So yeah, absolutely. But yeah, Papoose is one of the artists that I actually yeah. I, I highly respect yeah, as well that's... too because not only can he rap off the top of his head and different styles and metaphors and all that, but like you know he's just one of those nice Brooklyn rappers. Period. Like. Uh, I I don't know like, ooh, but yeah. That's it, man. That's it. But uh, hey, Diego, yeah, this appreciate is... you coming on the show, man. This was fun. You know, right now you you spit you 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 had a lot of knowledge. You know, a lot of history between you know New York, New York City, different boroughs, different hip hop artists. A little bit of yeah. You know, just to, I, to me, it's just no. I appreciate you having me in the show. I appreciate all but, the uh, um, all your uh, wonderful audience as well too. Uh, you have a really dope show, and I really appreciate it. I I would love to stay in chat with you as well too. Uh, maybe we could do a part two with other uh, fellow uh, you know hip hop heads like myself because it doesn't it doesn't ha- it doesn't have to stick to yes. one genre. It yeah, can stick to many yeah. different genres. Like I'm not yeah. I'm, I'm not sticking to just hip hop itself. I'm also Absolutely. I listen Absolutely. to everything. So yeah, absolutely. And I'm listening to the same thing too. I just know. I just know that you know hip hop to to no us. Matter, it's, it's very powerful. Yeah, no matter what. Yeah. Culture, no matter what. I could States. jump from a different genre, yeah. uh, a new genre, either today, tomorrow. I could pull, I can have a fallout with hip hop, but at the end of the day, I'll always come back to her. I'll always come back to this one. Hip hop is always going to be my number one love in music. Absolutely, it's Absolutely. just a beautiful art. Yes, sir. Hip hop, man. 
That's how, that's how it is. That's that's what you are. <laughs> Hip hop, man. But like you said, man, definitely appreciate it, man. Stay safe. Stay <laughs> yeah. You know, we'll say that because it's going to get hot soon. Summertime's bonus. So, everyone, thank you for tuning into the show. It's my guest, Diego, good friend of mine. I much appreciate him coming on. Definitely going to do a part two with some friends later on. But uh, once again, thank you for tuning into Jersey 22. Hope everyone stays safe, stay sound. Take care, everybody.